Amen. Got a question for you. Anybody, um, <clears throat> anybody have a dog? Anybody have a puppy? Y'all, I'm talking about that actually lives with you. Don't, don't raise your hand if your mom still keeps your puppy. <clears throat> Does anybody like have a dog that lives? Maddie just, okay, here's the thing. Maddie skipped all her classes this week to stay with her puppy. So you are a true parent. This is my puppy. Everybody say, oh, how cute, how cute is my son? That's a bad dude right there. I love him. My wife is beautiful. I don't want to skip her. Baby, I love you. You are gorgeous. The best part of this picture. But my son is a number two that is holding strong, amen. That is my puppy. That is my boy. How many of you guys know there's nothing like the love of a puppy? Like you, like he just, when you, when you have a puppy that's yours, when you say, come here and it comes and it doesn't worry about anything else but rub his belly. Like, I just love my dog. Is that okay for me to love my dog? Can I just love my dog? He was here tonight. A bunch of y'all were playing with him, which is great because he's been rolling around his own pee, like to have fun, like awesome. <laughs> you notice I wasn't touching him, but it's all good. You know, you do your thing. You have fun um, with my dog, but uh, I love, I love my puppy. And here's the cool thing. My wife is the best wife in the world. She surprised me with this puppy for Valentine's Day. Best wife. Yeah, come on, make some noise. The coolest thing about this, I've been asking for a dog for three years. Since we were dating, I was like, babe, we were just barely dating. I haven't even thought I wanted to marry her. I was like using the whole, let's start a family. Let's get a dog and start a family, girl. I want to start a family with you. You know, amen. Let's get a puppy. And she was always like, no, it's going to stink in the house. No, you don't have time. No, you're not going to take care. And finally, she was like, you know what? Let's go get a dog. And I, I promise y'all, I'm not lying. She's been more excited about this puppy than I have. Like, she calls him the pup, and she calls herself mommy. Like, she's about this dog now. Y'all got to believe me. And, and when, like, anybody know the voices that we put on for dogs? You know what I'm saying? Those them. Like, They don't understand English, much less whatever. But all of y'all, I see y'all, y'all did it earlier. Y'all were out there doing the little voice to it. I don't speak like that to my dog. I'm saying, son, come here. Daddy's here. Son, come here. Stay up like a big dog. What's up? That's how we talk because that's how I talk to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all good. No, but I love my dog, man. I just got him a week ago. Um, I got to be honest about something, though. Um, and this is very embarrassing. Can we be vulnerable tonight? Can I be vulnerable with y'all? Is that okay if I'm vulnerable? Um, two days after I got him, um, we're outside and, you know, people like me, because uh, I've had dogs in the past, but really my parents have taken care of them. Um, but this is the first time it's been like my dog. Um, so I go to the most credible sources I can find because I only want the best information about how to train and teach my dog the right way and the right things to do and how to, how to right behave. I only go to the best, cleanest, clear, truest sources out there. Um, so I was on Google <clears throat> and um, I was talking, I was like, figuring out how to train my dog, right? Um, and, and this is great because it was teaching me like how to get him to sit, how to introduce these things early in his life, how to socialize him early so he knows what's going on, how to do all these things so he knows how to be a good dog when he grows up. And I'm like, this is great. I got Google, I got a dog. What more do I need? This is awesome. And my wife wasn't home. I had just gotten home from work. I pulled in the driveway, come up, grab my dog, put him on the leash. I'm excited. He goes pee right when I go outside. I'm like, dude, I'm killing it. Dog dad of the year. Like, this is it. Bring him outside, put him on the leash. Well, 
Um, there's a, there's a, there was this article on Google that said the best way to train your dog how to sit is to have two uh, leashes hanging from his collar, one to tie him to a post, and then one for you to tie his leash, uh, his collar on, and for you to be able to pull him to you. So you had one leash that kept him on the pole, and you had one leash to pull him towards you. That way you had total control and he couldn't go anywhere. And I was like, this is a great idea. This is perfect. Um, trouble is, I only have one leash out here. So, bright idea. Why don't I just go inside and get the other leash? I don't need my dog to do this. I can just tie him to the pole and I'll be good. Like, he's going to stay. He's a puppy. He's eight weeks old. He knows how to sit and stay. Like, why don't I just leave him here? So, of course, I fastened this leash to this uh, to my direct TV pole coming out of the ground. And um, I said, don't get electrocuted. Be good. Um, and then, and then um, I was like, I need the other leash. I got to go inside and get the other leash. So I tied him to it. Boom. It was secured. I made a Boy Scout knot and had it done right, even though I'd never been a Boy Scout. Um, boom. And I was like, all right, Day, big dogs. What's up? And then I left. <laughs> Go inside, and y'all. I promise, I'm only inside for three seconds or five minutes. I, like, like I wasn't gone that long. Okay. I even left the door open. That's how short it was. That, that way I could look back and be like, oh, there he's. He's good. Boom. So I, I, I left him out there, went inside to grab the other leash. It wasn't where I put it, so I had to go to the next place. I go to the next place. I run back outside. I'm calling his name. Blue. I run outside and I look, and he's gone. Y'all. If you just laugh, I'm going to smack you upside your head. I felt my heart drop. Y'all, this is not funny. Because when I, went out, when I came back outside, it was like a horror movie. Everything was in its right place. His, his toy was here. His leash was connected to the dog, I mean, to the DirecTV chain. It was pulled. It was connected to his little harness. But the only thing missing was the actual dog. And I was like, where could he have gone? Literally, it looked like an alien just whooped him up because everything was in the right place except the dog. Y'all, I freak out. I shut the door. I run outside. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm not kidding. There was a lady in her stroller with her kid, and she knows I'm a pastor. And she was like, hey, what's up? I was like, everything's not okay. Don't ask me. Have you seen a puppy? And she was like, no. I was like, forget you then. And I ran. And her kid's there, and she's like, Mommy, he's crazy and black. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I'm running, and I'm like, man, I got to get out. Boom. Y'all, my, 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 my neighborhood's about, um, like, not quite half a mile, but a little under. I ran it four times. I ran, and, and okay, so those of you that know me, you're going to know this makes a big deal. I was in leather suede Chelsea boots running through the mud. My leather suede Chelsea boots running through the mud. You know how much I love this dog, amen. Um, I'm, I am desperately trying to find this dog for 25 minutes. Finally, I have to call my wife to break the news, and I'm near tears at this point. Y'all, this is a week ago. I'm a grown man crying by the puppy. I said, baby, I can't find Blue anywhere. My voice started to crack. I can't find him. I don't know. I've looked everywhere. I've looked everywhere. And she's like, baby, tell me what happened. I was like, I can't tell you what happened because he's gone. I, I have no dog. I had a dog and now I don't have no dog no more. And she's like, baby, okay, I'm on my way home. I was like, what is that going to do, okay? I don't got a dog. My heart's breaking. I'm freaking out. Denver, who's also on staff here, sees, he's driving down the road parks his car in the middle of the road because he sees me running with the empty leash and the harness. And I'm like, 
he stops. And the first thing he does is laugh like y'all did. I about cuss him out because um, I'm so angry. I'm like, help me find this dog, man. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, just help me find my puppy, man. And he's like, dude, I didn't even know you got a dog. So anyway, my wife asked me where I've, where I've looked. I looked everywhere. Finally, I go inside and I'm like, you know what? Forget it. This is over. I open the door. Guess who greets me? <laughs> Homeboy had ran inside to follow me and couldn't, his little legs couldn't catch up to get back outside with me. And I shut the door to get back to him, not knowing Homeboy had followed me inside. I was baffled because like, how far could those little legs take him? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not that big. He couldn't have ran. Like, he takes four steps and goes. But have you ever had that feeling? You know what I'm talking about? When you thought you lost something. Have you ever had that feeling? We hear the stories all the time from, from parents that lose their kids at Disney World. Anybody that was that kid that got lost at Disney World? Anybody got lost at Disney World? Look, everybody is that kid, right? Or like at a store and they lose them for like six minutes and they, they say it's been an eternity. It feels like 20 years, but they really just lost them for 30 seconds. But they're like, I can't explain to you my heart. Like my heart was, that's how I felt, except it was a dog, not a human. But we've all had that feeling with something. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we've all lost something. And it hurts because we're like, man, I should have had that. That was mine. It was in my hands. I had it. It was found and all of a sudden, in, in two seconds, it's gone. It's lost. What about your wallet? Anybody misplaced their, their credit card before and they think, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, and they find out it's in their pocket? But it's not about finding it. What I want to focus on is that feeling you get when you think you lost it. When you've lost it, man, you're going to desperate lengths to find it. You do anything you can until you come to the moment and the place and the time where you found that one thing that you lost. You do anything you can to find that which was lost. I just got a quick question. Why do we not feel like that about people? Why don't we feel that sinking feeling, that desperate, crazy, I got to find them feeling about people that are lost? I get that way about a dog, but how do I feel about the lady at Walmart or the people at our schools and our jobs that don't know Jesus? Because guess what? They're more lost than you could ever be at Disney World. Why don't we feel that way about lost people? See, I have a theory. I have a theory. And here it is. I believe the reason why we don't feel that way about lost people anymore is, is because we've turned the word lost into a euphemism, especially in the church. And here's what I mean. When you say lost at church, it's just another word, like baptism and cross and love and Jesus. And it just becomes this word that we just kind of throw around. Oh, yeah. Do you know so-and-so? They're lost. Yeah, they're lost. But we don't really understand what we're saying. I wonder if when we say lost people, do we really have this picture in our head that if they don't find Jesus by the time that they die, they're going to hell? A little harsh, right, for college night. I wonder if we really understood the implications of the word lost if we use it so flamboyantly, just like, oh, yeah, this is lost. That's lost. This is lost. If we truly understood the meaning of what we said, would we say it like we do? See, I love the way that the Bible, even the church at the beginning, 
started to use the word loss. Why? Because the word loss implies something so much more important than the current state of affairs. The word loss isn't really talking about where you are right now. Yes, you are lost. But to be lost implies that at one point in time, you had had a home. See, the cool thing about being lost is that there's always somewhere to go back to. The definition, the, 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 the Webster definition of loss was to not have one's way anymore. To not know one's way anymore. But here's the cool thing. You had to have known your way at one point in time. That's the same thing about people. When we say lost, when we talk about lost people, the coolest thing about people being lost is that they do have a home and it's right here. But I wonder why that's not the case. I wonder why, why when there's lost people that walk through these doors, why don't they feel like this is home? Why don't they feel like, man, I finally made it. I belong here. Do you want to know why? Because our hearts don't break for people. We don't have a real burden for people. We have a good, quick feeling, emotion to come into the church house, raise our hands and thank Jesus and go home and feel good about ourselves. But we don't have a real burden for lost people. Because if we did, we would do everything we can to make sure when a lost person walked into these doors, they understood that they belonged here. You're lonely, great, you belong here. You're broken, awesome, you belong here. You've been abused, great, this is your home. You don't have any friends, awesome. Here's a great group of them. Turn them into your brothers and sisters. You don't have a place, this is your place. I wonder what would happen if we got adamant about making sure that this felt like a home to lost people. We got it messed up in the way that we think. We think, we think this is just supposed to be a church and it's supposed to just kind of attract people that don't know Jesus. And in a way it does. To some desperate cases, some people are like, you know what? I need to go to a church. My, my parents had me in church. But the majority of people that are going to find Christ in our city aren't going to find it because they just walk to their, our doors. They're going to find it because you bring them. But if you don't have a burden for lost people, tell me how in the world can a lost become found if we don't show them where found is? We get so wrapped up in doing our own church thing and making sure we feel good that we miss the fact that we're called to bring people closer to Jesus. But I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if we clearly understood that we're unequivocally called to bring people to be in right relationship with Jesus and that it doesn't just stop there. We're supposed to make this feel like home. I wonder how many people we'd still have on the sidelines if we caught that. I wonder how many people would still just, no, I don't want to serve. I don't want to be a part. I just kind of want to come and listen. I wonder how many people would step in and link arms and say, you know what? I'm down with that vision to see lost people saved. Let's go do it. I wonder what would change if we understood the fact that lost people belong here. I love the quote. I don't know who said it originally. But they say that the, the, the church is not a museum for the well. It's a hospital for the sick. 
I just believe that God wants to do something in our city, but he can't do it if it doesn't start with a burden for people. And that's what Luke chapter 15, verse four through seven is talking about. When we look at that passage of scripture, the shepherd is Jesus. Jesus is leaving the 99. And what, are, what is the 99? He's saying, put yourself in the eyes of the shepherd if you're saved, if you're saved. Put yourself in the eyes of the shepherd. What is the 99? What is it that you need to leave behind to go after the risky one? Is it your reputation? Is it being cool? Is it a friend group? Is it a job that's going to make you a lot of money? What is it that you need to leave behind right now? What is the 99 that you need to leave behind to go after that one? Because I promise there's somebody in your life right now that needs to hear the call that Jesus has on their life. And the only way they're going to hear it is if you tell them. I tell this to my team all the time. I say, listen, imagine yourself and your your six closest friends get dropped in, in, in an ocean. I just saw homeboy look to the right and the left. He's like, well, y'all are my closest friend today. I'm gonna imagine this. Love it. Imagine you and your six closest friends, y'all are dropped in the ocean with nowhere to go. And one of y'all can't swim. And watch out, it's the white one. Mmm. Flip the tables on you real quick. But y'all are dropped in the middle of the ocean. Most of y'all can swim. And there's no life raft anywhere around. You feel the brush of a killer whale right beside your left leg. And then somebody says, shark. Then you don't hear from them for a little while. Just imagine y'all are in the ocean and you're dropped. Better yet, it's dark. It's pitch black. You can't see a thing. There's no moon out. There's no stars out. Clouds are hiding everything. It's pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face. All you can hear are your friend's voices. And you're in the middle of the ocean. Can't touch the bottom because you're in the middle of the ocean. And then all of a sudden, you feel something hit your head. And Jacob, you can come up and start playing keys. You feel something hit your head and you're like, man, what was that? kind of felt like a floaty or something. You turn around, you start reaching, you feel around, you're like, oh, cool. That's a life raft. You grab it, you jump on, you swing your leg around, you jump in, and you're like, man, this is cozy. It's a six-person life raft. You're like, dude, this is great. God has taken care of me. And your friends are yelling out, we can't see anything. Anybody find a piece of wood or something to float? I can barely swim. The white dude. I can't swim, but I can float. If y'all have something, I can grab one. I don't know. We just need something. And everybody's yelling. It's chaos. You can hear the the splashing. And you're like, yeah, guys, just keep holding on. You can do it. Don't follow my voice. Y'all just make it. Y'all going to be good. And you start thinking to yourself, man, this life raft is great. I mean, technically, I could invite somebody else into it. I mean, I could. But here's the thing. I don't want to impose. I don't want to impose my my life raft on theirs. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't want to make them uncomfortable with with how safe my life raft is. Nope, 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 nope. I don't want them to think I'm weird if I say that I just bumped into this random life raft. I don't want them to think that I'm a life raft freak. Like, you know, because you know how those people are. I don't want to tell them about my, not my life raft. 
they struggle. Another 25 minutes pass by and you're like, man, you know what? Maybe I should. Maybe I should reach out. And then you just get really, really busy with whatever you have going on in your life, Raph, right? You just get super busy. I get, oh, I was going to tell them about it, but I got tied up with some stuff in the middle of the ocean with the life raft that you just randomly found. I got tied up. I got some stuff, you know. They'll be all right. Everybody deserves their own opportunity to find their own life raft. You hear splashing. One by one, stuff starts getting quiet. And you think about it, man, I could have. I could have reached out and let my, my people on this life raft, but I don't know if they would have been comfortable. And we sit there and we're like, you know what? That doesn't, that, that's crazy. I would never do that. Obviously, I'd yell and be like, hey, bro, come on. Obviously. But look at our lives, man. People are drowning all around us. You can look at store clerks in the eyes and tell they're dealing with something insane. Better yet, you can look in the eyes of your friend and you know they're dealing with some thoughts that aren't supposed to be there. You know they're lonely. You know they're on the verge about to make a decision that they're going to regret for the rest of their life. But you don't want to budge. You don't want to make them uncomfortable. But that's how serious the fight that we're in is. If we don't tell people about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, nobody will. And here's the truth that nobody's going to tell you no matter where you go because they want you to come and tithe at their church. If they don't have Jesus, they go to hell. Nobody preaches like that anymore. Oh, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. They get all hot. Their arms start to sweat. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you the truth. If we don't tell people about Jesus and they never hear it, How do they get it? Hopefully they catch one of those weird TV shows that come on at night. I don't. Man, tonight I'm just looking at you guys going, listen, there's people all around you that need to hear Jesus. They need to hear hope. They need to know that whatever situation that they're in is not too big for God. They need to hear that whatever they're going through, Whatever, whatever type of life they're living right now that they're so unsatisfied with that they can't stand, there's hope. There's something else. And if you're in this place tonight and you say, you know what? I'm not saved, so I don't know what it's like to have a life raft, but I'm drowning. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're saying, you know what? I'm broken. Our heart is breaking for you tonight, and we don't want you to leave this place without the true hope of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. When you have that hope inside of you, nothing's going to be the same. I wonder what would happen if the people of God stood up and actually said his name. And I challenge you, man. I challenge you, each and every one of you guys. Let's stand up. Let's be a part of telling this world, starting with our city, about the name of Jesus Christ. Let's get excited. Let's get fired up when it comes to Christ and stop worrying about the other stuff and who thinks we look like what and what we look like when we go out to here and here and here. Let's stop worrying about what we look like on Instagram and what we feel like to other people and let's start worrying about something that's eternal, that's people, and let's start giving them real hope.
I'm sick and tired of looking at young people more worried about their outfit than about what their heart looks like. You got it messed up because you're going to look back in 20 years and say, I don't have a legacy because all I think about is me. Here's the truth. The only thing that lasts forever are people. If you are not invested in people, if you are not active in speaking life and hope and Jesus into people, you do not have a legacy. You don't have anything that's going to last past tonight. You're engaged in temporal acts. But Jesus, but Jesus. So if you're in here and you're in, in this place and you say, you know what? I don't have that. I don't have what you're talking about, but I want it. I want it. I want to stop feeling broken. I want to stop feeling empty. You can get it tonight. Our prayer team's going to be up here. We're going to be ready. If you need to give your life to Jesus, I'm not going to make it some emotional pool with a song and we, we cry and then you, you give your life to Jesus for the 32nd time and everything is great and peachy and you just do your thing again. That's not what we're here for, man. The, the view is about people and it's about being real and authentic with Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. We don't need all that. You need to make a decision. And that decision doesn't need to be fueled by emotion. It needs to be fueled by truth. And here's the truth. Only Jesus can take you where, from where you are to where you're supposed to be. Not a career, not grind, and not a hustle. The only thing that takes you from where you are to where you're supposed to be is Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. I preached on this tonight because I want to make sure from the very beginning you guys understand we're not here for worship uh, music. We're not just here because we preach uh, a word and try to be cool. We're not here because we're a, a Thursday night gathering where young people can come and hang out. We're here because we have a burden for lost people and to see them come closer to the true hope of Jesus Christ. So tonight, if that's you, man, I'm, I'm not going to pull your arm, but our prayer team is going to be here. They're going to be ready to walk you through this. And if you're in here tonight and you say, you know what? I'm not telling anybody about Jesus and I need to get some stuff right. I got to take the focus off me. I want to join a team or I want to be a part. I want to get involved. I want to I do something to take the focus off me and to put it on somebody else. Our prayer team's up here for that too. You've got people. You've got an opportunity. This is your time. These are your people. This is your place. Don't pass this up. Don't pass this opportunity to really get involved with the heart of this church, of what God wants for your life. Don't miss this opportunity because you've got other stuff going on. This is where you're supposed to be. we got a burden for you, and we want to teach you how to have a burden for lost people. Let me pray with you real quick, and then our prayer team is going to come up. God, we love you. We thank you, and honestly, Jesus, we're just in awe, man. Like, we can't explain or express our thankfulness for what you did for us on the cross, but we can say we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that your name is famous in our city. We can say that we're not going to let a person go by without telling them, hey, listen, you need hope. Come get it. Jesus, I love you. And I pray for every single person that's going to make a decision in this place tonight because I believe you're going to move on some hearts and I believe some people need to make a decision to stop walking in darkness and walk in the light. And I believe that tonight is the night for them to do it. God, I love you. I thank you and I praise you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said... 
Amen. Let's give it up for that word.